glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Pastor Cassie. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. Amen. Glory to the Lord. Marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of our God. I'm going to say it again. Marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of our God. What did Pastor Justin say when he spent time with that? When he went over that with the Lord, he got intimate. He went to the mountain with the Lord with that. He said that this was going to be a year marked with great victories, great breakthroughs. Right? That's what's going to happen. Marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations. Restorations and health, restorations and finances, breakthroughs. Hallelujah. And you know the fun part about it? It's going to be your relationship with the Lord and your sphere of influence that's going to let it happen. That's going to allow it to happen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I got to share testimony about the marvels, the wonders, and the extraordinary manifestations of the breakthrough of our Lord, right? In May, my wife and I got the opportunity to go to Poland, right? This was the second time we got to go. And uh, the first time we went there, we met a couple. Their name were Paul and Camilla, right? Wonderful people of the Lord. Business people starting to become successful over there. The Lord is beginning to prosper Poland, particularly in the city of Poznan. That city is starting to flourish. Poland is really starting to flourish. It's exciting. And um, we went back over there this May, and they decided, they heard we were coming, so they put us up. I mean, they put us up in their house. They fed us three square meals a day. They got a beautiful, brand-new home. They took us all around the city of Poznan. They did this for an entire week, right? So at the end of the week, we're getting ready. We had one more day to spend. We were going to spend it in the hotel. And um, so I just prayed to the Lord, my wife and I, Charlene, we prayed to the Lord. We just wanted to bless them. So we blessed them, right, with a blessing. But, man, there was just something else in my heart, you know. And so the, the Spirit of the Lord, you start getting into the Lord, you start spending time with them. Hey, for years they had been believing for a baby. They had been believing for a baby for years. And so the Holy Spirit reminded me, right, in the book of Kings, the prophet, when he was going through there, the Shunammite woman, she says, hey, this guy keeps coming through here. Why don't I make a room? So she makes that room, and then Gehazi was, was a servant with him. And, and so the prophet's talking, and he's like, man, what can I do for these guys? They made a room for me, you know. And so his assistant said, well, they don't have any children, right? So, man, here we go. Hallelujah, right? Pray over them. Say, this time next year when I come, you're going to have a children. On Saturday, I get a text. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. I got to read this thing. Because, I mean, this is the wonders of our Lord. Hallelujah. This is just a marvel, right? So on Saturday night, they sent this. Hello, Joseph and Charlene. Me and Camilla have very good news from Poland. Camilla is pregnant. Our little treasure is seven weeks old, and today they got to hear the heartbeat. I mean, this just gets you excited. So what did they do? They gave glory to the Lord. They gave glory to the Lord. I mean, so we're just celebrating back and forth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I mean, this stuff is going on. And so what gets me excited is, is you are a carrier of his presence. You are a carrier of your presence in your sphere of influence. And the Lord made a covenant. And when you go in and you read Exodus 33, he said, I'm making a covenant. Exodus 33 and 34, I'm making a covenant with you, with you. Marvels, wonders, right? Extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of our God. That's how you're going to be defined in this earth, in this time. They're going to see the marvels in you. They're going to see the wonders coming through you. They're going to see the extraordinary manifestations of God coming through you. It's going to be your intimate relationship, right? John 17 Right? When Jesus is talking before he goes, he says, I'm going to the Father, right? And then he starts talking in the 17th chapter as it's recorded. And he says, You know what? I'm going to be one in the Father. The Father's one in me, right? But you're going to be one in me, right? And it's going to be that intimate knowledge, that intimate relationship that you have with him. That's what the world's going to see. That's how they're going to know. It's going to be your knowledge with the Father through Jesus. And I'm telling you, the glory is just going to flow through you. And you're going to be in a workplace, and somebody's going to start talking. And that spiritual ear of yours, and that spiritual nose of yours is going to pick up on that. and Because you're, you're going to be fellowshipping with the Lord. And then all of a sudden, the Lord says, I want you to go heal that person. It happened to me when I was in the Pentagon. I heard that one of the generals talking about it. He couldn't hear out of his ear. And the Holy Spirit just spoke to me. I want to heal his ear. I was like, Lord, not right now. You want to heal his ear? And I mean, so I had to go in the mirror and look in the mirror and talk to myself in the bathroom. I had to just walk in and talk to myself in the bathroom. Are you serious, Lord? You, in this, in the, in the command center, you want me to do this? And he wanted to do it. And he received his healing. 
And um, he just was so excited. He was just praising the name of Jesus when it happened. And I didn't set this up. I didn't do anything. But the Lord's going to set these encounters up for you. So as you're spending time with the Lord, believe me, you're a carrier of his presence. He is going to set up encounters. Each one is going to reach one. They're going to see the love of the Lord in you. And it's going to happen. Hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. So thank you, Jesus. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for your word tonight. I just thank you for being with this wonderful body of believers, Heritage of Faith Christian Center, carrying on the heritage of faith, carrying on the heritage of the blessing, carrying on the heritage of the favor of God in and on us and amongst us, Father, in the name of Jesus. So as we begin to speak your words tonight, Jesus, as we begin to open your words, Father, I know their eyes will open. I know their ears will open, Father, in the name of Jesus. And I know you personally, Holy Spirit, are going to start talking to them in Jesus' name. So we just receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Last week, Pastor Justin was talking about vision, right? Focus, right? Having that focus, okay? And so what I did is I, I wrote down some notes, some, some key things that I heard from the Holy Spirit. And that's what you want to do. You want to write down key things that you hear from the Holy Spirit. And then you want to go home with it, and you want to make it yours. You want to make it so that I had a, a professor one time tell me in, in a biology class I was taking, you take the information, I give it to you, and you write that thing up on the chalkboard, and you start practicing with it until you get to teach me about what's on there. And I was like, whoa, that's pretty good. And I remember Terry Savell saying that one time, don't just take the word that's spoken up there and to just repeat it like a parrot. Take it home and spend some time with it, right? And get intimate with it and let it become yours, right? Let it get so intimate with it. Now it's yours. Now you're going out preaching it. And uh, so one of the things Pastor Justin has said last week as a review, what we are looking at, what we are focused on in our daily routine, it's what the Bible calls our walk, right? In our life. What are you looking at? I mean, what are you consuming your time with? What's consuming your thoughts, right? And so it's something that you want to sit down and do with the Holy Spirit and begin to evaluate what you're spending your time in, what you're consuming your time in, okay? It's interesting, isn't it? And so you just take a blank piece of paper, you just write out the week, and you just write down, and you just start penciling in what you do, and you just start examining with the Lord. And, and, and that's what I started to do. And with whom are you identifying with, right? Especially on Sunday when we was talking about having that song in your heart, and you started singing that song, right? Yeah, Pastor Justin's singing that song, Amen. And so who are you identifying with? Because who you identify with, that's the position that you're going to take in situations in life, right? And so what I did is I sat down, and I'm just going to read this to you. <clears throat> this is what I got, just sitting down with the Holy Spirit, just spending time, intimate moments with him about what was discussed last week, right? And I said, what you look at or what you gaze at, okay? Gazing, peering. Remember in the Bible, Lot's wife right? He said not to look back. But when you read that in the Hebrews, they use the word she gazed back. I mean, they were in a city and the city exploded. Those people saw it in the city of Zor. Abraham saw it when he got up in the morning. Why did she turn into a pillar of salt? I always wondered about that, you know? And then when, as I started reading that, I started picking up an ah. She began to gaze. She began to peer. She began, her heart began to long back for that. She began to look back, right? Remember what Jesus said? The man who looks back on the plow is not fit for the kingdom of heaven. And so what are you gazing at? What are you staring at? What's consuming your mind, your time, and your thoughts, right? Looking back, right? What we allow ourselves to meditate on is what we will begin to listen to. And that's what you'll begin to start agreeing with, whether you like it or not. What you begin to start entertaining in your mind is what you're going to begin to start listening to. You're going to start picking up on it. It's going to start talking to you, right? And you're going to start agreeing with it, whether you realize it or not, okay? And so this is all the stuff I'm getting that when Pastor Justin was talking last week, you know, as, he's, as, as the Holy Spirit's moving through him, whether it's a pressured, forceful thought, you know, like when an anger or an offense comes in, those are pressure thoughts, man. Sometimes the devil's a bully, right? He'll bully you with thoughts. I mean, he'll just bully those thoughts in there, and they'll try to push and force or pressure their way into you, okay? And sometimes it could be um, what I call a smooth-talking, kind of lustful, kind of smooth-talking, right? Kind of silky-type, right? Kind of thought that tries to come in, right? Usually associated with a lust or something like that, you know? But, you, but you know, if once you train yourself in the Word of God to pick up on that, you'll recognize it right away when it happens, okay? Kind of got a sweet smell to it in your mind, 
right? So sometimes these things are fearful. Sometimes there's fear-based thoughts trying to come in, and they'll try to pierce, right? But then, hey, hey, there's the life of the Lord. There's joy. There's peace. There's mercy. There's grace. You know, like what Paul is talking about in Philippians 4, you can start thinking on these things, and now you're sensitive to these things, and now you're listening to them. It's just so exciting, right? So let's look and see how thoughts become a foundation, right, that our mind now trusts in. We become the identity of that thought. And that's what I was picking up on that. The thoughts that you begin to think are what you're going to tune into, and that's the identity you're going to take. That's the position you're going to take, and you're going to start moving in that direction, right? So we become a carrier or or a spokesperson of that thought. Okay, so now you're advertising that thought. So I was like, Lord, uh, I'm going to be checking my mouth. I'm going to be checking what I'm thinking on again, right? It's always good to go over these things, right? Because thoughts will knock at the door. Wanting to come in to the very heart of your soul, thoughts will develop our trust, right? Did you notice that? Thoughts will begin to develop your trust. You'll begin to listen to it more and more. You begin to agree with it more and more. You begin to trust it more and more, right? Okay. So a trust starts to develop, but we have the authority to choose what goes in our thoughts, right? We have that authority. But thoughts will connect you, and I wrote this down from the Holy Spirit. Thoughts connect you to a life, a source of life. You will be connected. You're going to connect to something, right? Either the blessing or the cursing. Something is going to have you connect. You're going to connect to something. Well, we're going to see that in the Word. That trust, that focus, now begins a deeply developed relationship or an agreement with that thought, right? It becomes a connection which which we are now formed. Paul, Romans 12, 2, right? Transform your mind by the renewing of the word, right? You're molded, don't be conformed, don't be molded to the word, right? the world, right? So it begins to paint a picture of your outcome. It begins to do this, guys. It begins to form a stronghold. It becomes a place of refuge and fortress. You run to that thought. As you begin to think about these thoughts and you begin to carry them in your head, that's becomes it actually becomes a fortress. It actually becomes a stronghold, right? And, and you see that a lot when you're dealing with people that are having problems, right, with the enemy. There's a stronghold in their mind. You can see that. Well, hey, let's make it a stronghold. Let's make it a refuge that we run to with the Lord. Let's, let's put the Word of God in there, right? Let's be transformed by the Word and renewed by that, right? Let's choose the blessing. Now your actions are fully controlled. Sometimes they get helplessly controlled. Now I got a little dream because I position myself now in the Word of God. And I had a little dream one time when I started going over this when I first started learning about thoughts. And uh, I'm sitting down and I'm talking on the telephone and there's these trees outside and this big grizzly bear comes down out of the tree and comes running right toward me. And I'm like, whoa, for a second I was startled but then it runs right up against the window and it hits it, right? And I'm laughing at the bear because he can't get to me. And, I'm, and he's looking at this window and he's looking at me and he can't get in. And I'm laughing at him. Ha, ha, ha. Well, I hear this big crash behind me. So I turn around behind me and I look and I'm looking in this living room. There's that bear, man. He's just running around in the living room. And I knew it was my living room. He's just smashing everything up. Man, what do you do? So I go down. I get that bear. I throw him out of there. Close the door. Good riddance, you know. Bam, there's that, that crash again. Now, this happened three or four times. Okay, and so finally I went down to the bear, and now there's another individual next to the bear, and I told the bear to go, and the bear said, no, I belong to this person. So I told the bear and the other person to go, and they both said, no, we're not going to go. They're being a bully, right? So I had to physically grab them and push them out and slam the door and say, good riddance. Now, what do you do when you get a dream like that? Lord, what in the world is this? So I started praying in the Holy Spirit, and immediately the answer become the came. He said, it's your thoughts, Joseph. He said, the devil's coming in because you have a loose thought life. And he said, he's coming in, and he's messing with you anytime he wants, and he's messing your life up anytime he wants, and he's getting in through you here, he's getting in through you there. What you need to do is start closing all the doors in your thought life. Close all those doors. Watch what you're saying. Watch what you're consuming your thoughts on. What are you spending your time? Because it'll be con- begin to consume your thoughts. And boy, I learned a lot from that. I was like, thank you so much, Lord. But what I want to do is, Pastor Justin said this. He said, a purpose-fulfilled harvest is the result, right, of your process of faith, right? He said it's your thoughts, your decisions, and your words spoken, your actions taken without quitting. Okay, I want to make that. We're going to say that again. It's a purpose-fulfilled harvest. What are you thinking about? What are you doing? And you're not quitting. That's really what he boiled down to that. 
But what I want to do today is I want the Word of God to begin to speak to you. I want the Holy Spirit to begin to speak to you. And I know as we begin to read this set of scriptures in here, that the Holy Spirit's going to start opening your eyes and ears. You're going to start seeing this. We're going to go to John 15, John chapter 15. And we're going to start at verse 1. I'll start at verse 1. John chapter 15, verse 1. And Jesus is speaking. John chapter 15, verse 1. Thank you, Lord. And Jesus says, I am the true vine. Now, just sit there and think about that for a second. I am the true vine. What's that mean? There's other vines out there, folks. There's other people preaching out there. There's other things out there speaking. There's other vines that want you to connect to them. He says, I am the true vine. So you want to make sure you're connected to the Lord. You got born again. You got the Spirit of God on the inside of you. It's the true vine. I am the true vine. Where's the source? Right here. My father is the husbandman. He is the source. He's the source. He is the source. The Father is in Jesus. Jesus is in the Father, right? It gets better. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, it gets taken away, right? I don't want to connect to the wrong source, okay? This is plain and simple, all right? Every branch that bears fruit in me, he's going to purge. He's going to purge it, that it may bring forth abundant fruit, right? Flourishing, right? Thriving, increasing, growing, expanding, enlarging, right? Prosperous, abounding, spreading out, steady upward progress, right? High point in every area of your life, flourishing. He wants you to flourish in your finance. He wants it in your health. He wants it in your calling. He wants it in your finances, your family. Oh, hallelujah. How's he going to purge it? Verse 3. How's he going to do it? His word. Where's that going to come from? The word of God? Spending time with him? Hey, One word from God in your intimate moments with him. One word from God, right, in your intimate moments. Have faith in God. You have faith in God. You have faith in his word. You're spending intimate moments with him. You're abiding in him. He's abiding in you, right? What happens? What happens? You get a word, and you speak to the mountain. You got a situation in your life. I'm not identified by the situation. I'm identified by my position, right? You get a word from God, and you speak, right? Look what Jesus is saying here. He's going on. You're clean through my word, which I have spoken unto you. Verse 4, abide in me, remain in me, be positioned in me, and I in you. What is Jesus saying here? He's going to abide in you. Now, now get excited. We're going to take a second here to get excited. Just let that sink in. Let it sink in. Think of it. Jesus is abiding in you, and you're abiding in him. Right? God is the source. He, Jesus, are the, Jesus is the roots. Okay? He's the roots. He's the vine. He's connected to the Father. You're connected to Jesus. Get excited about this. Spend some intimate moments in this. Man, I walk around the house saying it. Jesus, you're in me. I'm in you. Jesus, you're, a, you're, you're connected to the source. The source is connected to you. I'm connected in you, and you're connected in me. Use me, Jesus. I'm in you. You're in me. Your words abide in me. I abide in your words. I, I, I do that all the time, constantly doing it. I hear your voice, Jesus. I'm in you. Ooh, it gets exciting. Look, it just gets exciting. Now look at this, verse 4. And I and you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Now think about it. Can the branch bear fruit by itself? No, I can't. Are, are you seeing this? You can connect to another vine. You can be connected to the world. You can roll your dice, right? And you can play the world's game, right? And get the world's results. You can develop experience in the world. Some of you might go far, right? But sooner or later, you're going to get to a situation where you're going to run into a problem, right? Or a dead end, right? But... What, what vine are you connected to? Who are you connected to? What are your thoughts? What are you doing with your thoughts? Who are you spending your time with during the daily walk in life? What are you letting your time be developed in, okay? Think about this. Verse 5. I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same is going to do what? It's going to bring forth much fruit. But without me, you can't do this, okay? That makes sense, right? A, a branch, you've got to be connected to the vine. And, and I've said this before, and I got excited when I read this. Think of this. You're connected to Jesus. He's connected to the Father, who is the source, right? Because Jesus says, I don't do anything on my own. It's the words that I receive from the Father. It's my intimate relationship with the Father. He's in me, and I am him. He's the one doing the work through me. Now we're in that sap. We're connected to that sap, and now we're doing it. Okay, think about that. But hey, why aren't we seeing God moving in the earth? 
It's probably because the branches aren't being connected to the vine. I get so excited when I read this. I said, hey, wait a second, Jesus. I get this. Without me, you're not going to reach anybody in this earth. Plain and simple. The glory of God is not going to be seen. This show, you know, 2019, show me your glory. You know, days of flourishing, days of abounding, right? Right? Show me your glory, Lord. Days of glory. That's not going to happen unless we're connected to the Father, unless we're abiding in Him. It's just not going to happen. Okay? Jesus needs you. He needs you to take care of your thoughts. Pastor Justin was talking about Proverbs chapter 4. And the first, first thing in verse 20, it says something. I want you to get excited when you hear this. It said, my son. Now, I want you, you ladies to think about my daughter, okay? But I want you to just sit and think about that. My son. He's getting ready to say a covenant relationship with you. My son. Attend to my word. Abide in my word. And I'll abide in you. That's what Jesus is saying. Train your thoughts. Get your thoughts. Get on my frequency. Get on my wavelength. Right? Hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. I mean, when you're, when you're in the zone, I call it in the zone. When you're in the zone with the Holy Spirit, right, you're listening. You're being led. The just live by faith. You're led by the Spirit. The sons of God are led by the Spirit of God, right? Oh, hallelujah. You're going to bring forth fruit. Verse 6, if a man doesn't abide in me, he gets cast forth as a branch and is withered. Men gather them and cast them into the fire. And they get burned. Okay? Okay, just let that sink in for a minute. The enemy's out there. The devil comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, right? But look at verse 7. This is where you get excited. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, can you see this intimate covenant relationship? If you abide in me, And my words abide in you, okay? You shall speak. You shall ask, right? You're going to hear from the Holy Spirit. You're going to get a word from God, and you're going to speak. And it's going to happen. Why? Because you're so intimate with the Father. You're so in with the Father. You're so glued. He's in you, and you're in Him. You're seated with Him. He's the head. You and I are the body of that anointing. Oh, this gets so exciting. Oh, glory be to God. Thank you so much, Jesus, because it will be done. Because when we abide in your word and your word abides in us, as we are intimate with you and you are intimate with us in the name of Jesus, it happens in Jesus' name. The word happens in Jesus' name. Herein is my Father glorified. There's where the glory comes, right? In verse 8, that you are going to bear much fruit. That shows how you're his disciple, okay? I mean, can you see this thought press? Can you see how thoughts enter in? Can you see how you have to tend to the Word? By intending to the Word, like it says in in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, and you start reading through through verse 27, as you begin to tend to the Word, okay, as you begin to spend time in the Word, your ear begins to incline to His sayings, okay? Can you see that relationship? Can you see what starts to happen? Now you're tuned in. You're on the Holy Ghost station, right? You know, K-Lord, you're in frequency with them, right? I mean, you're in tune with them. And you know who you are. You know your position. You know where you're seated. You know where you're seated. And a man or a woman who knows where they're seated and who they're seated with, they know their position, right? They're no longer defined by the situation. They're no longer defined by the situation. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, don't be afraid when fear comes. When it tries to bully you, when it tries to push you, don't trust to your own understanding. Don't lean to it, but acknowledge Him, right? You're in that relationship. He's in you. You're in Him, right? And what happens? You hear from God. You begin to praise the Lord in that situation. What is it? Did you get a bad report from a doctor? I mean, what's going on in your life? What situation are you in right now? Get intimate with the Lord. Get on His frequency. Start abiding in Him. Stay in that Word. Let Him abide in you, right? Because you're going to hear from the Lord. He's going to give you a word to say. He's going to give you an action to take. He's going to tell you what to do in that situation. It's going to be that intimate knowledge that you have with him, that relationship that's going to open it up, okay? You're getting, I'm letting the word of God do this to you, okay? 
I'm letting the Word of God preach to you tonight. It's going to start speaking to you tonight. The Word of God is going to start speaking to you tonight. As the Holy Spirit begins to start talking to you, write it down. That's what I do every time I'm here. I write it down. Write down these things. I wrote it down when Pastor Justin finished. The situation does not identify me. My position identifies me. I'm committed. I'm committed to that relationship. That's what identifies me. Okay? Watch what happens now when fear comes. Watch what happens when temptation comes. Watch what happens when the enemy comes. Watch what you do. Oh, man, (laughs) that's not of the Lord. I rebuke that thought in Jesus' name. What did Jesus say? I don't live by bread alone when the devil has tempted him. No, no, no. I live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, right? Oh, that's a powerful statement to say to the enemy in a situation where he's after you. All right. First, faith. Faith begins when we know, when we are positioned, when we identify, we abide where the will of God is known. Okay? Faith begins where the will of God is known. How are you going to know that if you're not abiding in the Word? How you know that as a born-again believer if you're not going to be spending time with the Lord? You're not going to know His will. And when a situation comes up, you're not going to know what to do. But man, the man and woman of God that's seated with Him, positioned with Him, know who they are in Christ Jesus, abiding in Him, letting His words abide in Him, right? Him and her, what happens? Now they begin to know the will of God, Okay? His thoughts, his words in our mind and in our heart, okay? Faith works by love. The just live by faith, okay? What I want to do is talk about what happened when you got born again? The first love, the first faith. How did you feel on the inside when you first got born again, right? Man, was there joy in there? I mean, was there joy? There still is joy, right? Okay, so how does a person know if they're not in that place where they want to be, okay? Think about it. How can you tell? I call it reversing to the curse, the reverse into the curse, reverse of the curse. How can you tell when a person begins to start pulling back from their faith? How can you tell when a person begins to stop staying seated in that position, recognizing where they are in that position? What happens? How can you tell? The dark cloud starts following them, the joy starts dropping. They're no longer in that rest, right? They might be speaking like a parrot, right? But you can tell there's no joy there, right? There's no rest there. No joy, no rest, okay? And one of the things that I want you to do is we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 24, and I'm just going to let the Word of God witness to you. Proverbs chapter 24, and I want you to think about your thoughts. Think about who you abide in. Think about your position, Who you are in Christ Jesus, where you are, seated, okay? What happens with your thought life? I want you to see what happens when you have an intimate relationship with God. I want you to see a man of God actually writing down an intimate moment he had with the Lord. Proverbs chapter 24, we're going to go to verse 30. Proverbs chapter 24, we're going to go to verse 30. Now stay with me here. Because I can just feel the meat of the word coming out of this in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And I just thank you, Father, because it's the meat of the word that's coming out. Oh, glory. Verse 30. I went by the field of the slothful. Okay, what's a slothful person? It's a neglectful person. He's loose in his thoughts. He's loose in his thinking. Loose in his attitude, right? Obviously, this person's got a vineyard, right? He went by the, the field of a, of a slothful person, okay? It's someone who wants to have a field. He's obviously trying to build a field, right? He's trying to get some fruit here, right? But he's slothful. I want you to think of areas in your life where you might be slothful right now. Because I did. As Pastor Justin's going over all this, I'm thinking, man, he said some people might be mad at the Lord. Some people might have this going on. I was thinking, man... I'm going back and I'm looking at my thought life. I'm looking at the words that are coming out of my mouth. I just went back and I just reevaluated everything. And I did what was called a self-examination, right? Know what Paul says you do when you take communion, right? You do a self-examination on yourself so you don't wind up getting judged with the world and you don't let that curse start coming on you, right? So I went back and I did a communion with the Lord and I I started doing a self-evaluation on my words that were coming out of my mouth, what I was letting consume my thinking and my time. So here's a man. I went by the field of the slothful. I went by a vineyard of a man void of understanding, Void of understanding. 
that inner witness, that inner relationship with the Word, that inner relationship with the Holy Spirit, he becomes to get hardened. He becomes to get hardened. i say it again. He becomes to get hardened. He begins to lose his understanding. He begins to lose that relationship. His faith level begins to get affected. His joy begins to get affected. He's no longer joyful. He's not in that rest. He hasn't labored and entered into that rest, right? So he's void of that understanding. Verse 31, look, look. It was all grown over with what? Thorns. Thorns, nettles, right, had covered the face thereof. And that stone wall that was supposed to be a barrier, that was supposed to be a protection, it was broken down. He had let his thought life go to waste. He was not being intimate in the Word. He was not being intimate with the Father. He was not having that relationship with the Lord. He was not allowing his thought life to be consumed with the Word. And what happened? The wall began to break, right? The joy begins to go. The confidence level begins to go. Man, I started looking at areas of my life. I started looking. Do I have holes in my life? Are there holes in my thought life? And I began to see them. And I began to, Lord, forgive me, I repent. And I began to cover those holes up. And I began to rebuild that wall. And I began to pull out all those negative thoughts. I began to pull out all those things that were contrary to the word of God. Because as, as uh, Pastor Justin talked about last week when he was reading Proverbs 4, my, I was looking to see where my mouth was forward. I was looking to see where, my, see where my thinking was forward. I was looking where I was pondering my steps and where I was going off here or going off there. So this man needed to do that, but he didn't, right? But Solomon's looking at this. He's got an intimate relationship with the Lord. He sees other fields out there, and he's looking at this thing. And he's saying, why is this field in this condition? It's got a wall. There's plants in there. It's a vineyard. He's expecting a harvest. What is going on here? There's, there's, there's thorns and thistles and everything coming up, choking it, right? And then verse 32, then I saw, uh-oh, Okay, there it is, right? You abide in me, I abide in you. You will speak, you will say. All of a sudden, there, the light of revelation comes on. He's looking at it. The Lord is communicating with him, okay? And now all of a sudden, he says it. I see it, I see it, I see it. And I considered. That's an interesting word, the word considered. Very interesting word. He's taken a position now. He's received something from the Holy Spirit in that intimate moment, in that intimate time of coaching. The Lord is coaching Solomon right here, okay? He's coaching him. He's beginning to show him about his thought life. He's beginning to show him about what happens when you abide in the Word and the Word abides in you. He's beginning to show him what happens to a man who doesn't, right? He's starting to see it now. He's starting to correlate that field with his thought life. He's starting to correlate that field with his Word, right? He's starting his intimate relationship with him. And the Lord is coaching him, right? There's no word in the Hebrew language for coach, so they use the word chastise, okay? The Lord is chastising him right now, and he's considering it. He's taking that in. He's being coached by the Lord right now in that intimate relationship, being coached by him, and he's listening, and it comes from that relationship. Do you see that? It comes from that relationship, and now he's seeing it. His eyes are opening. His focus is opening. His, his focus is now starting to, oh, he's starting to get focused now on what the Lord is trying to show him, right? He's looking at this thing. Then I saw and I considered it well. I'm taking it now. He's like a football player with a football, right? He's holding that thing now. He's holding on to it. He's, he, oh, he's running with it now, isn't he? And then he says something here. I looked upon it and I received instruction. That word in the Hebrew, now in Texas you would hold the first syllable, so you would say musar. But in the Hebrew, what? It's musar, right? You know, they, they, their syllables on the, on the second accent, right? That's where they hold it. But it's the Hebrew word for musar. It's instruction. It's chastise. It's instruction. The Lord is instructing them. And he's saying, I'm taking this instruction, Lord. I'm receiving this instruction from you, okay? Just a little sleep. Look at verse 33. Look at that thing. Just a little sleep leads to a little slumber. So now that little sleep is leading to a little slumber. I want you to think of a door, someone knocking on it, and you just kind of peek it open just enough for the devil to get a foot in there, just enough for him to start pushing it. Just a little sleep leads right to a little slumber. Uh, now he's starting to get a little slumbery. He's starting to get a little careless in his thinking, a little bit of careless in his speaking, right? Joy level starts going down, right? Okay, you see what's happening here? Little folding of the hands to sleep, okay? 
Jesus says just a little of leaven, right, can, can leaven a whole lump, right? What happens? What's the devil come to do in verse 34? He comes to steal, to kill and destroy. Look at verse 34. Let that speak to you. Let that word speak to you. Let the word of God just begin to talk to you. Let that intimacy, just let that teaching just start going in you so that you can take this when you walk out of here and you can go home and you can look and you can take a piece of paper and you can begin to examine your life and you can sit down at communion with the Lord. That's what I always like to do. Just sit down in communion with the Lord and just put those covenant elements up there. My son, I'm in Jesus and he's in me. I'm in a covenant relationship with him, right? And now I'm going to take it down. I'm going to examine myself as I go before the Lord. What's it mean to be a Christian? What's it mean to have that covenant, right? What's it mean to control my thought light, to tend to the word? What's going to happen? So I get into that covenant relationship with him in communion and I begin to write it down. Oh man, Lord. And all the Holy Spirit begins to talk to you. You remember that argument you got with so-and-so the other day? Yeah, well, yeah, you should have said this instead of that. Why don't you call them up and apologize? Ooh, okay, Lord. You know this over here that happened the other day? Yeah, this is why this happened. I used to put my fist at God and say why things would happen. Oh, man, when I got down in those intimate communion moments, when I got down after reading things like this, I started sitting down and writing down with the Lord, started looking at my thought life and my word, started spending time in the word, me and him and he, he and me, right? My focus starts changing, my, my position starts changing. My attitude starts changing. I begin to see from where Jesus is seated. Right? Because he went to, Pastor Justin went to Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. If you're seated with Christ, then you need to set your affections on the things that are above. And then Paul starts talking about remembering where you're seated. Remember, and then he starts talking about mortifying the deeds of your life. Okay, Lord, so I sit down with communion. I start going over these scriptures. I start going over where I am and where I'm seated and where I'm missing it. Oh, man, the Holy Spirit starts chastising me. That's how God chastises you. He doesn't break your head. He doesn't break your arm. He doesn't cause you to be in an accident. He doesn't kill your your six-year-old nephew. He doesn't do those things to teach you. No, chastisement comes from an intimate relationship with the Lord. And he begins to tell you, Joseph, your thought life, you need to line your thoughts up with my life. You need to start doing this. And I say, oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now look at this. He says, "Show in verse 34, he says, so will your poverty come as one that travaileth. Now I started meditating on that word, travaileth. What? Think of this. This is the best way I got it from the Holy Spirit. I want you to think of somebody that's chained and they don't want to go and they're being dragged and they're being dragged and they're kicking and they're screaming and they don't want to go there, but they're going anyways because something's dragging them and they're, and they're screaming. It, they're travailing. They're being pulled. They're being dragged. Okay, That's what I was getting from the Holy Spirit. The poverty comes. The thief comes. And he starts to drag them away. And it's like an armed man. What, right? Want like an armed man. They're helpless. You become helpless in that situation. And so now you're crying out to God. You're crying out to God. What's going on? What's going on? And here it's your thought life. Here it's your words. Here it all, you, you, you've gotten loose in the words. You've gotten loose in your thought life. Man, get back in the Word. Get back in that relationship, right? Start doing what we were doing in prayer today, man. Hey, I'm in you, Jesus, and you're in me. And so you start saying that. Hey, man, Lord, thank you. Oh, man, Father, thank you so much. You're the vine. You're the true vine. I'm the branch. Hey, we're a team, Jesus. I'm in you, and you're in me. You're in the Father. See, now I know where I'm at. I'm seated. I'm in that position. Now, all of a sudden, the answers to those problems start coming. What situation are you in right now? What situation are you in right now? Enter into his rest. Hebrews chapter 4, right? Beautiful chapter about entering into his rest. Get into that rest. Get into that joy. Get into that rest. But it don't make sense. Don't you know what kind of position I'm in? <laughs> I go into the I get to minister in the prisons a lot. And there's a wonderful man named, his name is Kevin. And I'll just say that. His name is Kevin. And he was looking at 35 years. The Lord gave him favor. They only gave him three. He's almost done serving that time. But before he left, I would come in and I would minister the blessing to him. Man, if you're Abraham's seed, you're blessed by God and your heirs. According to the word, according to the promise, right? You are blessed with faithful Abraham, man. These bars don't define you. That uniform don't define you, man. You're a Christian now. Man, it's going to be your relationship with the Lord. It's going to be your intimate knowledge. That's what's going to free you. And that's what's going to take these bars away. That's going to take that uniform off. It's going to be that blessing, man. That's what's going to change the condition, right? And you know what he said? He, I went back to him like two months after talking to this guy. I'd see him every Thursday night. And he said, you know what? 
He said, Brother Joseph, he said, when I first met you, I wanted to just punch you. He said, I got all these problems going on. I'm telling you about all these problems I got. And all you're doing is talking about the blessing. All you're doing is telling me to just stand that blessing, be intimate God. You're just telling me to walk around in joy. You're just telling me to walk around in his rest. Don't you see what's going on? I'm facing this. I'm facing that. This is what's happening. They told me I was going to die in prison, you know, because they had diagnosed him with something. He got healed of it too, you know. And I mean, it was his faith that got him healed. He just started, and now, now he's reading Dr. Savell books. Now he wants to, to talk to Dr. Savell. But it just got me so excited because he says, you know, all of a sudden one day, those words that you were saying from the Word of God, those words came back to me, and all of a sudden the light bulb came on. He said, it just came on. And he said, now I know who I am in Christ. Now I know I'm blessed. And you know what happened? He got a phone, he got a letter from a friend who says, you got a job waiting for you when you get out. So he's already got a job lined for him when he gets out. And, I mean, these things excite you. I mean, and all these blessings are happening to him, and he's behind bars. So, you know, what, what defines your situation, right? What defines your situation? It's your position, right? That's what changes these things. Isn't it wonderful? I mean, is the Word of God working here? I mean, are you seeing this in the Word of God? Can you see this, right? Mark chapter 4. Right? Mark chapter 4. Hey, isn't this a joy chapter? Mark chapter 4? Joy's in there, isn't it? Isn't it in Mark chapter 4? Oh, I read Mark chapter 4. I, oh, I just... I, you can just spend hours in this thing. Just get so excited. Jesus said this was the granddaddy parable of them all. He says if you can understand the seed process and the seed principle, because that's what Pastor Justin was talking about when we talked about your focus and about your faith. Your words are seed. Your actions are seed. Everything you do is a seed. Everything is a seed. Hey, if you can understand this process right here, you have got knowledge of the kingdom of heaven. Oh, verse 1. So he begins to talk, and he begins to teach by the sea, and they're gathered about. There's just a great multitude. So he enters into a ship, and he sits back, and he goes into the sea, and the whole multitude comes up on the land in verse 2. And what's he say? He starts teaching them many things and parables, and he says unto him his doctrine. So Jesus is going around preaching this everywhere he goes. He's preaching the seed principle, right? Yeah, I mean, he's saying it everywhere he goes. He says, listen up, guys, verse 3, and I'll go through this part fast. Hey, a sower goes out to sow, right? What's the purpose of sowing? You want to harvest, right? I mean, that's the purpose of a seed, right? And so verse 4, he comes to pass that some fell by the wayside and fowls of the air come and they devour it up. Verse 5, some fall on, you know, the stony ground where it has not much earth. Immediately it springs up because it has no depth of earth. Verse 6, but when the sun comes up, ooh boy, it scorches it, right? Because it doesn't have any root. It can't get down deep, right? So it withers away. Verse 7, some fall among the thorns. We're talking about thorns, right? They come up, they grow up, they choke it, and it yields no fruit. Verse 8, and others fall on the good ground, and it yields good fruit, right? And oh, it increases. Oh, it brings forth, right? 30, 60, and 100 fold. And he says unto him, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. Oh, there it is. Do you want to hear? You know, Lord, thank you. I said, I want to hear this. I want to know everything about it. So what are the disciples doing? Verse 10. They want to hear. They want to know more, right? So verse 11. So he says unto them, oh, look at this. Get excited when you read this. Get excited when you read verse 11. Get excited. Get excited. This is for you. Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. How many times have I heard nobody knows the will of God? And it says it right here. You can learn the will of God. In the situation, the intimate moment, the intimate times when you have with the Lord, he'll begin to start seeing things. You'll begin to start seeing his, his thoughts, hearing his thoughts, right? Look at Daniel. Daniel had an excellent spirit, right? Constantly in the word, constantly praying to the Lord, right? The angels called him beloved, right? And yet the Lord begins to show him things about the administration he was serving in. Man, wouldn't it be neat to have some Daniels right now? In, 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 the, in the Congress, right? In, in the president's staff. It would really be great to have some Daniels in there right now. He served three different kings, this guy served, right? Okay, unto you is to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without all these things, just get done in parable. See, they see, but they won't see. They, per- they hear, but they don't perceive, right? In verse 12. Because they have to repent. They have to change. It's a new way of living, guys. The just live by faith. This is how we live. There's a dark, dismal situation, 
in the family, there's a dark, dismal situation at the workplace. There's a dark, dismal situation in your life. And you're sitting there praising Jesus. And you're sitting there singing tunes to the Lord. Hallelujah. And they're looking at you like you're a nut. The just live by faith. This is how the just live, right? We live by faith. Hallelujah. We got the answer. Hey, we got faith. We got faith. We got something. Ooh, glory, right? Oh, don't that excite you? Because you, they get converted and their sins should be forgiven them. Verse 13, and he says unto them, if you, know this, if you don't know this parable, then how are you going to know all the parables, right? Verse 14, the sower sows what? The word. That's what this is all about. It's about the word getting into your life, getting into your mind and getting down into your heart so you can speak it out of your mouth. That's what the enemy's after. That's it. Because he knows that you're dangerous to him. He, he, you're dangerous. You're dangerous out there in the workplace. You're dangerous in, to, the, to him and your family and your finances. I mean, it's all about the word, isn't it? These are they that by the wayside, the word is sown, but when they have heard, who comes? The devil. He's going to come. Did the Lord really mean that? You know, he's he's going to try to take it away immediately, right? And think about this. That guy who dropped that seed on the ground on the way to the field, he, wasn't, he was being loose with his seed, wasn't he? He wasn't being powerful with the seeds. He wasn't being protective with his seeds. He didn't care. Watch your words. Watch your words. Watch them. Watch what you're sowing. You don't have to respond. When fear comes or a pressure situation comes, you don't, you don't have to respond. You can wait. I, I hear Brother Cope saying all the time, wait till you're qualified to speak. Think of Jay Iris. Can you imagine? He's been in the presence of Jesus, right? Okay, he's seen him. He's allowed him to minister to him. Oh, man. Jesus, come lay your hands on my daughter. He releases his faith, right? And she'll be whole, right? And then another lady comes up and gets healed. And it takes some time. And while he's standing there, here comes somebody. Don't bother Jesus anymore. Your daughter's dead. Oh, man, there he is. Now, is that not a bully situation? Is that not a pressure-filled situation that's going to try to come to get him to, to make a statement, right? And thankfully, Jesus was standing right there. Now, when you abide in Jesus and he abides in you, and you're his word, and his word's in you, right? And that word comes, Jesus is with you. Oh, we're two or three are gathered together in his name. That glory of Jesus is there. It's there. It's there. He's there. I can't trust what's going on around me. I can't trust the information. It's fact. It's going into my brain. It's being in there. My body is an instrument. That's all it is. Body, you're just an instrument. You were designed to hold my spirit and the spirit of the Lord. That's all you were designed to do. You were, you were made so that I could interact with creation and hold me and the Holy Spirit on the inside. That's what you were designed to do. But you were never designed to give me a prognosis. You were never designed to tell me what's going to happen in this situation. You were never designed to tell me the outcome of it. You're only supposed to supply me with information. And then I take that information and I go before the Lord, okay? So I'm not going to go stand before in front of a train. I ain't stupid, okay? But now, if there's a situation that arises, okay, and the Word of God tells you to go do something and there's a danger involved with it, oh, don't you know the Lord's with you? Don't you know that's where the miracles come? But the Holy Spirit's in there. He tells you, right? Oh, Lord, thank you so much. So here's that situation with Jairus, right? Oh, man. Can you just imagine the pressure must be on him? But what does Jesus do in that intimate moment that he's standing right beside him? And in those intimate moments, you're with him in those pressure situations. He gives you a word. Don't fear, only believe. You remember what you said? I'm going to come lay my hands on her and she's going to get whole. You don't fear. You just believe, right? And she shall be whole. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for that ability to have that intimate moment with you. Thank you for that ability to be able to enter into praise, to be able to take control of our thoughts, to be able to quiet the situation, to be able to enter into praise. You inhabit praise. We praise your name. We got the name of Jesus. Just like what Peter said. Why do you look on me and marvel? There's a marvel going on, right? But why are you marveling as if I had done something? It's Jesus. It's faith in the name of Jesus. It's that relationship in the Word and that Word's relationship with me. That's what made this man whole. So what's Jairus do? He just keeps his mouth shut, right? And he just, his knees might have been wobbling, but hey, he's in that relationship with the Lord. And so he just does what the Lord says. And then Jesus had to kick people out, right? I mean, they're gonna, the devil's going to try to be a bully. He's going to try to push it, right? Hey, your daughter's dead, man. The tears coming down him, you know. 
Oh, I could just see J.R. You know, he's trying, he's just walking in faith. I mean, he's just trusting Jesus, right? And that whole situation changed. And I learned so much from that. I don't have to bow to fear, like it says in Proverbs 3. I don't have to be afraid when fear comes. I don't have to. I don't have to. I can, I can just sit back and just wait until I have that intimate, I can just get that intimate moment with the Lord. All of a sudden, my mind is clear. I'm not being choked, right? Because when you look at verse 16, and we start talking about the people on stony ground, and you look at verse 16, and he says, they hear the word, and, they, and, you know, and when you read the book of Luke, it talks about they hear it with joy. So they get it with joy, right? But immediately, they receive it with gladness. So here it uses the word gladness, right? So there's joy there, right? But something happens. Okay, love works, you know, rooted and grounded in love, right? Faith works by love. The only, and, and, you know, I spent some time with the Lord on this. The only way I can get in that position where I'm rooted and grounded is just to abide in him and let his words abide in me. Oh, man, and the miracles started happening. Things started changing in my, changing in my life. Oh, they have no root. Right? So afterwards, in verse 17, affliction comes, the heat comes, right? There's no root in there. And so immediately they get offended. Lord, is there any area in our lives that we've allowed ourselves to get offended in? Is there any areas in our life that we didn't allow ourselves to get rooted and grounded in? Please show us, right? David, Psalms 19. I always go to Psalms 19. Lord, Lord, tell me my, my, tell me what I'm blind from not seeing. Obviously I'm doing, am I doing something vain? Am I doing something presumptuous? Am I doing something prideful? Show me because I know you're going to reveal to me the truth, man. Oh, I love Psalms 19 when it comes to situations like that. Show me. And these are they which are sown in verse 18 among the thorns. They hear the word, they receive it with gladness. Now, here comes the cares of the world. And remember what we were talking about in Proverbs 24, being loose, letting cares. You know, when you stop to think about it, what, is a, what does a, a weed do? It begins to suck up the nutrients. It begins to, to take control of the soil, right? It begins to compete for the soil. And that's what happens in a person's life. You start getting concerned with what's going on in the news. You start getting concerned. It's not that you can't watch it, but you got to be careful what you're allowing to preach to you, right? You gotta be careful what you're allowing to get in here and coming out of here. Catch yourself. I do, man, I walk around with a piece of paper. I catch myself. Charlene always catches me too if I'm saying something contrary to the word of God, right? But I catch myself. What am I focused on? First faith, first love, you know? What am I focused on? Okay? Oh, thank you, Jesus. And so that lust comes in. Those thoughts comes in, those cares come in, and they start to choke the word, right? And it becomes unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground. They hear the word, they receive it with gladness, and now they're, they're focused, they're walking in it, and they start showing the seed. It's pretty simple when you think about it, but there's a lot of work you got to do. And um, I like what he says in verse 21. Think about John 15 that we read when you look at verse 21. He says unto them, is a candle brought to be put under a bushel? Did God design you to hide you? Come on. He's the vine, you are the branch. Is he going to put you under a bushel? Is he going to take that knowledge that he has? Is he going to take that relationship with you? And he's going to hide you? Uh-uh. He's going to use you. I mean, he's going to stick that thing up so where people can see it. He's going to use you. He's going to move through you. He's going to show things through you, do things through you and your family and your finances and your health at your workplace. He's going to do all those. He's going to use you. He's going to take that intimate knowledge you have. He's the true vine. You're the branch. He's the source. He's going to take all of that, right? And he's going to use you. You're going to be producing fruit for him, right? Oh, this, this just excites me. It excites me. Again, I'm letting the word talk to you. I'm gonna let I'm letting the word talk to you. Oh man. He doesn't and if you have ears to hear, let them hear. I mean, are you letting this witness to you tonight? Are you letting the Lord talk to you tonight through his word, right? And he said unto him, Take heed what you hear. The devil comes to steal. If you hear it and you do it, you're gonna produce, right? It's gonna produce. 
more will be given. But if you don't, it won't. I mean, it's that simple, right? It gets verse 25, for him that hath, more will be given. He that has not, it'll be taken from him, even what he has. Now look at verse 26. So is the kingdom of heaven. As if a man or a woman, right, mankind, should sow or cast seed into the ground. Now we're talking about rest. What does a farmer do? He goes to sleep. He enters into rest. Why? Because he knows the seed's going to do what it's designed to do. He knows he's been out there tending to the ground. He knows he's got the wall up. He knows he's pulled all the weeds out. He's done everything he has to do to get that ground prepared, right? Okay, so he goes to sleep. He goes to sleep. He enters into that rest, right? We labor to enter into that rest, right? Let's not get caught coming short of a promise of God, right? Let's, let's not let ourselves get caught, okay? Because Jesus said in his wrath, right? You're not going to enter in if you don't labor into that rest. You're not going to enter in. It's just not going to happen. I've tried it, guys. I've tried it. I've tried to do it on the arm of the flesh. I've tried to do it with my own strength. It don't work. I mean, sometimes you roll a dice and it does, but, over, but sooner or later, it ain't going to work, right? It don't work. There's just a rest that comes. And I mean, the world will look at you like you're crazy, just like that guy in the prison, man. Are you nuts? I mean, don't you see what's going on here? Did you just come in with that smile talking about the blessing? It's just like, but he got it, man. He ran with it. He entered into that rest. He says he sleeps in verse 27, night and day. And the seed springs up and it grows. He don't know how. I don't know how God's going to do it. I don't care. I just know the marvel is going to happen when he does it. Amen. I mean, he told Peter to go get a fish with money in his mouth, right? Come on. You're in your intimate moment with Jesus, and he tells you to go downtown, and there's a cow out there, and he's found a, you know, a piece of gold, and he's, and he's dragging it. You know, Like, what? I mean, the Lord's going to talk to you. He's going to show you a situation. I share this all the time with the kids at Kimbo, I said, hey, the Lord might be talking to you to go, to go sell a taco one day down at the end of the road. And you're like, huh? Just go sell a taco, okay? All right, Lord, I'll go make a taco. And I'm going to go down here and put a little sign up and say, taco, 25 cents, you know. Here we go. And, and he's doing it for three weeks. And then all of a sudden, the Lord brings a, a CEO of, of a company, or he brings a, a head of a construction company by. And he's hungry, and he don't have time to stop at a restaurant, and he sees your little taco stand, and he pulls over there and stops, and then the word of the Lord comes to him, and he starts talking to you, and the next thing you know, do you want a job? And, that's, and you get hired. And people say, how did you get that position? And you say, I was selling tacos. The Lord told me to sell a taco. And, and I'm down at the end of the street, and, and, and this guy just comes up and says, you want a job? And I say, yeah. And the next thing you know, 10 years later, 15 years later, you're CEO of the company. You know, I mean, that's how the Lord moves. See, because how do I know? How do I know that's what the Lord does when you're focused in that relationship, when you're focused in the Word, right? How do we know? Look at verse 30, right? I'm going to skip 29. You put in the sickle when it happens. The Holy Spirit will tell you. He'll show you how to reap it. Verse 30, he says, Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God, or where shall we compare it? Verse 31, it's like a grain of mustard seed. Yeah, when it first starts off, it's little, right? Just a little tiny little guy. But hey, that seed knows what to do. The ground knows what to do. You're tending to the word. You got that wall up, right? You're watching your thoughts. You're still you're in that abiding relationship with the Lord, right? And that thing starts growing. But and it gets sown in the earth, and it's less than all the seeds that are in the earth. But verse 32. When it is sown, it grows up, and it becomes greater than all the herbs, and it shoots out great branches, so that the fowls may lodge under it, right? The birds come in. Everybody begins to benefit from it. Imagine the Lord coming up with an idea with you, and 15 years later, you're in charge, or 20 years later, you're in charge, because you've, you've spent your time with the Lord, you've stuck with it, right? You've stayed in your lane, you haven't gotten out, right? You've been trusting the Lord, okay? Now he's made you chief executive, or he's made you owner of a few restaurants or something like that, and all along the Lord wanted you to be in government. And then he says, now I want you to sell your business, and now I want you to run for office. And now you run for office. And that was God's plan all along, was to get you into to government, or get you in over here. But he couldn't do it unless you were listening to him. 
And, and you know, and this is where I, I don't question the Lord anymore. If he told Peter to go pull fish out of, you know, out of the lake and there's money in his mouth, if God tells me to go start selling tacos, I'm going to go start selling a taco, okay? So here I am. I got this pressure situation. I get faced with this big bill, you know, last year, Dr. Savell's telling us how we're, you know, we're going to flourish. And then I, I give this testimony all the time. And then what's, what do I get two days after he gives a message? But this big old bill in the mail from the U.S. government. I'm like, oh, man. You know, and it's, where am I going to get the money for this, right? <laughs> Just enter into your praise, Lord. I mean, that's a just live by faith, right? I mean, I might as well not cry over it. Jesus says you can't add one inch to your stature, so why worry, right? So I just start entering into praise. I just start thanking Jesus. Thank you, Lord, man. You're, you're the head. I'm your body, man. I mean, you're the vine. I'm the branch, Lord. Thank you. I just love you. I thank you for where I am. I'm seated with you. You're seated with me. And I just somewhere in that praise, that, that care, that burden just gets handed over, right? And now that weight and that pressure to try to get me to speak comes off. And then what happens two days later, I get a phone call. Hey, could you come paint this mural for me over here? Yeah, okay. And then you go paint that mural, and then they bless you. How much do you want? I don't know. That's why I tell them. Whatever the Lord's putting on your heart. And then they give me the exact amount that I needed to pay off that thing. I, I mean, this is, I mean, how, the devil, how can he beat that? He can't. Because when you begin to praise the Lord, when you begin to enter in, when you're focused, a man focused... Man, a man focused. What, what they used to say in boxing, right? Remember Tommy Hearns, right? Remember Roberto Duran? Remember Sugar Ray Leonard? Remember those guys? I like Tommy Hearns, right? Because every time Tommy Hearns got clocked with a punch, a big old smile come on his face. Like, is that all you got, right? When you stand there and you smile in the face of adversity and you have that joy inside of you, right? And I remember reading in Proverbs chapter 15. In fact, I'm just going to read it to you. Proverbs chapter 15. Okay. Because this, this is a powerful verse that, that I came across. Proverbs 15 verse 23. It says that man has joy by the answer, the response of his mouth. Boy, I started meditating on that. I began to realize that I'm the one responsible for joy. It's a fruit of the Spirit. So I began to develop it. And look at this, a word spoken in due season. The words you say in that pressure situation, okay, the words that you speak when that pressure is building up on you, when that bully's trying to get something, to, he's trying to get the word to come out of you. He's trying to get you to say something, right? In that pressure situation, that word spoken in that season, at that time, right? Woo, how good it is. Psalms 103. Jesus is talking, I mean, the word is talking, right? The Lord satisfies my mouth with good things. Ooh, I picked up on that. That's my mouth. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. Those that eat it, eat the fruit thereof of it, right? Mm, yeah, increase of the lips. Increase of the lips. You know, you're fed by the, ooh, man, I, okay. What I wanted to do was, because I got a couple more minutes here. What I want to say is, is this. I'm going to say it like this with the Holy Spirit. Because I asked him if he wanted to have people come and get a prayer. I just was asking with the Holy Spirit how, this, how to flow. And he wanted his word to witness to you tonight. I wanted to show you those scriptures. I wanted to show you that intimate moment that Solomon had. I want to show you what happens when you have intimate moments with the Lord. And what happens when you go out. And because of that intimate time you spent with the Lord. Abiding in his word. Just abiding in it. Just celebrating in it like I did. Just celebrating in it. When you do that communion with the Lord and you're examining yourself and you're going over and you're remembering who Christ is and where you're seated and who you're seated with. Hallelujah. Glory be to God and what it means to be in the body. And, and, and Oh, man. And what that covenant means. Okay. And how the Lord begins to talk to you. Do not think because you're old. Do not, because the Lord says in Proverbs 3, Okay, I'm just going to say something so that, so that people here in this position hear this. The Lord said he will ex extend your days in Proverbs chapter 3. Don't look back. Look forward. He's going to extend your days. He's going to say it again. He said he'll multiply your days. He'll multiply them. He'll add to your days. He'll add to your life. Okay? So let that sink in. 
Because I told the Lord one time I wasted so many years of my life. And he says, hey, look at Proverbs 3. I'm adding to your life. I'm adding to your years. Some of you in here have regrets that that try to come back to you because you think you've lost time in your life or you think your life isn't going to go anywhere anymore. But I got news for you. The Lord just says in Proverbs, let's, let's, can we go there, Vic? Let's go there. Because Brother Vic's going to do the offering. Holy Spirit's just really wanting to do this. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. My son, don't forget my law. Let your heart keep my commandments. Verse 2. For length of days, long life and peace shall they add to you. Length of days, long life and peace. That sounds like restoral to me will be added unto you. How long do you want to stay here? What do you want to do for the Lord? You want to be a senator one day? You want to be a city councilman one day? What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? You did part one in your life, but now what's part two going to be about? Just let that sink in, because I know there's some people out here that are taking that thought. Don't look back. Don't think back. All right? Father, thank you in the name of Jesus for your word. Lord, tonight was a, was, a, was a teaching moment tonight about first faith. It was a teaching moment, Lord. And I let your word be the witness, Lord. I let your word be the voice, Lord, in the name of Jesus. You put this in me. You asked me to speak these scriptures. You told me to go here. You told me to speak these words, and I did, Father. You told us what would happen, Lord, when we have intimate moments with you, when we're focused on your word and your word's focused in us. You showed us what's going to happen, Lord. Oh, I'm telling you, so glorious, Lord, is your word. So glorious is your word. When we look at that mountain and we speak, Father, it's going to come to pass in the name of Jesus because there's joy in there, because we have a relationship with you, Father. Oh, I know it's working, Lord. I can feel I can sense it. <laughs> I can sense it. It's in there, Lord. I, I, I know it got deposited, Lord. I know it's going to come back. And I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Brother Vic.